from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hanging out here with you this morning and every Monday through Friday during normally scheduled broadcasts, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We just got back in the studio, just got back in the lab. If you've been paying attention on our social media this past Monday through Wednesday on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT and Twitter at Call DT. We've been sending you out opportunities to listen in to specials of the show. So hopefully you've done that. Hopefully you've connected with us that way and you've been able to hear from Jay Bromley, Syracuse Orange football alum, about his thoughts on faith, fatherhood, and football. You also heard from D. Brown, his thoughts about Syracuse not recruiting locally and what that means. Also, his take on Dino Babers, his take on the team in 2019. Gave a bunch of thoughts on on what was going on and his feelings and all that, and I definitely, definitely appreciate that from D. Brown. And we spoke with Herm Frazier, the Senior Deputy Athletics Director at Syracuse University, about his take on everything that's going on. Pay for play, the protests at Syracuse University, safety in our community, the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team, Dino Babers and his future at Syracuse. We literally talked about everything. And so I definitely hope that you got an opportunity to go back and listen to those. If you didn't, you can right now. They're going to be available for you still on all of our streaming apps. So you can go to Podbean as well as TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, and you can connect with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora there. So I implore you to do so, and I appreciate everybody that has. Thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We have a jam-packed show today. I'm ecstatic about today's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, we're back in the studio. Had been traveling, so we did Wake Up Call on the road from Memphis. We did the show on the road from Jacksonville and brought you stuff from Orlando. And now we're back in the studio. And I'm so happy to be back here doing our thing. And I want to give a shout out to everybody that's listening, no matter where you are. From from Orlando to Syracuse, Wichita to Los Angeles, thank you so much for listening into the broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And know that you're appreciated and know uh, that I value your time by every stretch of the imagination. So very happy to be bringing you an awesome show today. We here in the broadcast are going to be on Facebook Live as well. So for those of you that want to connect with us there, you can hang with us on Facebook Live. We're actually going there momentarily, and we'll bring you into that. But in the meantime, let me tell you this as we get the video set up here. Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. That's how to get connected with the show. We're 24-7 on wakeupcalldt.com. And you can ask Alexa to play the latest episode of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. She'll do that for you, as well as get you on to all of those streaming sites that I told you about. And on YouTube, we not only have audio streams, but, of course, we have the video stream as well. So you could jump in with us on there. And I just got to thank you for the shout-out from... From my brother and fellow meatball, 
Joe. So shout out to Joey. Safe travels, my brother, and I hope that you're doing well. So very, very uh, pleased and appreciative of the opportunity to be back in the lab again. And with that being said, we are heading to Facebook Live. So for those of you listening in, we're going to be on Facebook Live as well. In three, two, and one, we are now welcoming you here to Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash live now DT. On the broadcast, we have Papa Joe with us. You know that he's here with us every Thursday in hour number one of the broadcast. He's always hanging out with us on Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Well, we got the whole gamut here, and we'll be hanging out here with Papa Joe for as long as he'd like to hang out. We're talking about the college football playoff. We know the pairings for the semifinals. We know the January 1st bowl games, the big-time bowl games. Coaching changes have been made. A lot has happened in a week since we've talked to PJPJ. So he's back on the show with us now, and you're back inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. Papa Joe, how are we doing? Good morning, Daniel. So nice to have you visit us this last week, even though the results stunk. No, it was absolutely great to see you and Miss Mary T as well. And BB-8 has made it home safely, so that's that's all that matters. And you know, I I definitely I got to tell you that going from 27 to 86 was fantastic. And when I came home, I did bring a little bit of a heat wave with me. The sun was out yesterday, and it was 33. So that's that's good, I guess. So yeah, that's 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 a little bit that's a little helpful. Yeah, so Papa Joe's here with us here this morning, and we're talking about all things inside of the gridiron NFL as well as college football and anything else that comes to mind. Papa Joe, uh, first and foremost, you and I had chosen in the beginning what was going to happen with this college football playoff. We said weeks before the the college football playoff uh, committee started ranking teams this year, we said to us it would be LSU, it would be Clemson, it would be Ohio State and Alabama would be the other team. Uh, Once they lost Tua and they lost a couple games, obviously that changed, and so we said it was Georgia unless Georgia loses, and I wrote a story over this past uh, weekend that I actually wrote it uh, very early Sunday morning before the voting came out, and I made the statement of the fact that Oklahoma had the perfect storm happen for them. Oklahoma essentially was in a situation where they had to beat Baylor, Georgia had to lose to LSU, and Utah had to lose to Oregon. All that stuff happened, the perfect storm happened, that allowed Oklahoma in. What do you think about that scenario and that situation that got Oklahoma back into the college football playoff? That was perfect. I mean, uh, we talked about, uh, last week I had five different scenarios, and one of them had uh, Oklahoma in there. They're, you know, they're, they're deserving, uh, just because of Jalen Hurts, really. Um, they're a seven-point underdog, but... And then the other game is a pick'em game, so uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. I think that LSU is going to show Jalen just how a defense is played in the SEC, but he is eligible to really take over the game by himself. He is that good of a player. So I think, uh, all being said, uh, I think the nation is pretty happy with the four teams. What do you think about the fact that Utah lost so tremendously in their game and, and just really blew it up for themselves? I mean, Georgia... Georgia was kind of in if they won type of scenario, but Utah would have made it difficult if Utah had a convincing victory over Oregon. What did you think about Utah's loss to Oregon, thirty-seven to fifteen? Well, I had picked that one. I was I was in Oregon's corner, so it doesn't surprise me because uh, Hubert plays such a big game. 
for Oregon. He's got a big time arm. He's going to be a first round draft course, probably in the top five. Uh, we just don't see enough, in my, my opinion. You know, the East Coast doesn't see enough of these West Coast teams. Uh, I, frankly, I didn't even know anything about uh, Utah or who their quarterback was or who their coach was. I mean, until until they started making a little bit of noise. Uh, there's just there's not enough to see. There's not there's not enough to look at the body of work. Uh, I did follow Oregon because of Herbert because I knew uh, that they had the best one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. So Oregon's success did not surprise me at all. So Oregon, you know, gets that victory over Utah doesn't do anything for them. They just play a spoiler. On the side of Georgia, Georgia lost to South Carolina this season. Georgia also took this L to LSU. What's your overall take on Georgia and, and what kind of happened with Georgia toward the end of the season, as well as their loss to South Carolina, a 4-8 and eight team this year? Well, they were rolling right along until they, until they met uh, LSU, so it doesn't surprise me there either. I mean, Georgia uh, is going to play uh, Baylor, uh, which is another good defensive team. So uh, Georgia, Georgia and Kirby Smart has, has got it going. They're they're going to be annual contenders for as long as we can uh, see them. Uh, they are their recruiting is excellent. Their coaching is excellent, and I wish Florida could beat them, but we we can't beat them. So you know you just got to tip your hat to Georgia. They're an exceptional team and. I'm sure that they're going to – I think they're going to beat Baylor rather easily, but uh, it, it's, it's fun to watch him play, uh, even though I would rather see Florida win the games every once in a while. Yeah, you know, and, and, and when we look at where we are right now with LSU, LSU gets put back to number one. Ohio State was there. Thoughts on, on that? I don't want to load the question with, with my take on it. just want to get your thoughts first. What, what are your thoughts on LSU being the number one team and Ohio State being number two? I figured it the whole way. Uh, I didn't. I was not going to take LSU off the top perch. The only way I would do that is if Georgia played them close. Well, they didn't play them close. Uh, Ohio State had a great year. Uh, they're deserving of a co-number one, if you want to say something like that. The only problem with Ohio State now being ranked number two is they got to play Clemson. So that's their problem. So I'm happy with LSU where they are. Uh, I think their offense and defense is that the offense can't be stopped. Obviously, uh, if George's defense couldn't stop them, I don't, I don't see anyone stopping them. So, and certainly, up against a team like Oklahoma, Oklahoma, we we know can score a lot of points. Even though their defense really came back this year a lot, they are to, they actually they hired the defensive coordinator from Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and then they and they uh, lowered their uh, their percentage way down this year. So. Kudos to Oklahoma. We're having a good def- better defense this year, but it's not going to be enough. Speaking here with Papa Joe this morning on a wake-up call with Dan Tortora back in the studios here at the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. You are also connecting with Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory inside of What's Poppin', giving you the list of topics for the day from the place that brings you literally one of the best snacks you will ever have in your life. There is no second to kettle corn, and this is one of the best things that you could get for the holiday season as a gift, as well as get for yourself and sneak it into the movie theater. I didn't tell you to do that, but listen, this is the perfect season. We are in the giant jacket season. We're in the Michelin Man jacket season. So your opportunity to bring stuff into the movie theater that you don't have to pay for is at a great high right now. 
Take advantage of it. Get some Mon Paz kettle corn. Shove it in that giant jacket that you have and enjoy it while you watch the movie. They're located on 201 Old 7th North Street in Liverpool, New York. So Papa Joe and I talking about the college football playoff right now, the top four. Uh, PJ, looking at the, the fact that there's some irony going on in college football in this, in this top four, and that's the fact that Alabama chose Tua Tagovailoa over Jalen Hurts. When they chose Tua over Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts decided to leave. When he left, he went to Oklahoma. Now, Alabama's not in the college football playoff, but Oklahoma is, and Jalen Hurts is leading the way. Is this perfect revenge? What's your thoughts on this? No, no revenge at all. That Jalen Hurts is, is from a football family. His dad coached him. He's a, he's a true uh, professional. He, he, this won't, this won't uh, bother him once at all. Uh, all Jalen's got to do is he's got to play good enough to to uh, look at this, have the uh, NFL teams look at him and see if he's a quarterback in the NFL. So now it's going to be he'll be he'll be he'll be tough to stop. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you got LSU just going to have to have a guy uh, follow him around. They're just going to dog him wherever he goes, whether he's got the ball or not. I mean, he's he's that good of a player to carry to carry a team. Uh, even though he was maybe, I don't know, probably second or third in the uh, uh, Heisman Trophy, which Burrow is going to win easily. And Fields probably come second. Chase Young probably third or fourth or maybe even second. But four really good players to talk about right there. But Jalen Hurts is going to play a good game uh, for them, uh, but it's not going to be enough against LSU. And LSU, you know, I, I'm, I'm imagining, and I've said this for a bit here now, uh, my, my thoughts are that it's going to be LSU and Ohio State without question that this is going to happen. Now, I respect the hell out of Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. I, I really honestly do. If they if they win, I'm not going to be surprised. If they found a way to win at all, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't see Oklahoma coming through this thing. Uh, I do think that Oklahoma earned their right to be here and, like I said, was in a situation of really a perfect storm. But ultimately, I think that this is LSU versus Ohio State. You know, they're the top two teams, which makes sense. But you had to keep them off of the semi final line because you want to see this in a championship game that's the best thing for the college football playoff and I'm sure that that was in the back of their minds so uh, is that how you see it do you see that no matter what happens uh, we're going to see LSU and Ohio State no no I disagree with that Daniel it's uh, I like Clemson in that game uh, Clemson uh, as we spoke the last couple of weeks is starting to gel at the end of the season they're not only dominant they're just outstandingly dominant uh probably over inferior team play from the ACC, but that's not it. We have said this before. It's not their problem. It's because the ACC is down this year. They won. They won easily. They played their 20th string for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, I looked, I look for, um, I look for Clemson's defense that really shut down Ohio state. I look for Lawrence to have a big day. Uh, it's going to be tough. You know, they got three all Americans at Ohio state. They got the defensive end young. Uh, they got their, their kid, the, the running back, I can't remember his name, but he's a good one, uh, and Fields. So, you know, you got three All-Americans you're going to play against, but Justin Fields is going to understand how tough it is to play against De uh, Clemson's defense. So Clemson looks like, to me, looks like it's going to be a Clemson-LSU uh, game. So you got the two Tigers going up against each other. Ohio State played in a tougher conference this season than we saw with Clemson. And, and I know you said you can't you can't fault Clemson for the rest of the conference, but has Ohio State been tested a little bit more 
in your opinion? Well, they played a good. They played some. Uh, they played Minnesota. They played Penn State. They played Wisconsin. Um, I don't know if that's his. I don't know if those three and the subsequent ones that they played are better than the uh, the ACC teams when they're on, or even the SEC teams. I, I still think I, I'm, I'm just not a, a Big Ten guy. I I, I hate to sound that way, and uh, it's probably a little biased on my part. I'm just not a Big Ten guy. Uh, I, d- I don't like the way they play. Although this, these last five years, they've stepped it up a little bit. They're doing the run pass option a lot more instead of three yards in a cloud of dust. But uh, I keep telling my bros up in Milwaukee, I says, you know, Wisconsin's got to open it up a little bit here. Let's have a little fun on the field instead of running Taylor nine million times. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't see uh, I, the strength of schedule that Ohio State played is any better than. Uh, say a schedule that Auburn plays at uh, in the SEC. So, you know, I could be wrong, but it's a it's a pick'em game. Uh, Clemson and Clemson and Ohio State is a pick'em game. Yeah. Um, with uh, with Ohio with uh, LSU being a seven point favorite over Oklahoma. Now, you know, Oklahoma coming into this, I do want to give them credit because they've been overshadowed by the fact that this is really been Alabama versus Clemson over and over and over again, SEC versus the ACC. But I do want to give credit where credit's due for Oklahoma. And if you go back to wakeupcalldt.com and you read the stories, you could go to wakeupcalldt.com. I'll actually show it to you here on the website for those of you that are watching on Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash live now DT. I'll show you exactly what we're talking about while we discuss it here. But if you go on to wakeupcalldt.com and you can get that anywhere in the world at any time, it's always available to you 24-7. If you go to wakeupcalldt.com, you'll have the opportunity of checking out exactly uh, what I'm talking about here and you can see the uh, the pieces of this. And, and essentially, you know what we're looking at with wakeupcalldt.com uh, to go to that website is to you know take a look at the articles page, which you can click on right at the top of any of the pages. You can get it on the homepage or anywhere else throughout. It's it's right there on the top line. And when you go to the articles tab, you can click on to read the articles, and we're doing that for you right now, so you can see it for those of you on Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT, making it easier for you. So if you check that out. And we go to the articles tab and scroll down. The story's right here. The perfect storm sends the Sooners into the college football playoff. And there's a picture of uh, two Oklahoma players. One of them, obviously, you know, is Mr. Jalen Hurts. And then we have 27 Hall with him as well. And I just wanted to make a note of how many times we've seen Oklahoma in this thing. So perfect storm happens for them this year with Oregon winning as well as uh, as LSU winning. And then we look at where we have here and and the Baylor Bears going down, playing them for the for the second time in 22 days. The Sooners were able to defeat them. And that spot belongs to Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma is taking their foot, the, taking the fourth spot in this. It's their fourth appearance in the college football playoff since its institution in 2015 and its third consecutive appearance. So I wanted to make a note of that. Like I said, you can always go to the articles page and read all these articles. We have Syracuse Orange Football, Syracuse Men's Basketball, the ACC, NCAA, the Jaguars, the American Athletic, and so on and so forth. So you could check that out at any given time on wakeupcalldt.com's virtual newspaper. But Papa Joe, I feel like that overshadowing, we need to take a minute here 
take a step back and discuss this. Oklahoma's made it to four college football playoffs inside of this thing that started back in 2015. It's only 2019. There's only been five of them. They've made it four times. Well, I, sh- I should. 2015, this one counts as 2020, so pardon me on that. But they've made it four times, and they've made it three consecutive times to the college football playoff. What can you say about Oklahoma in that respect and make sure that they're not overshadowed? Well, uh, all the credit goes to Lincoln Riley and his staff. Uh, he's obviously a very astute uh, football coach, an offensive-minded coach. Finally, he's got someone now that can that, uh, run a defense for him where he can concentrate on recruiting and get the best players uh, to come there. Now I'm curious as to, as to know who he's got in line to come in next year for another grad grad student. So uh, kudos to Lincoln Riley and his staff. Uh, outstanding work. They've just come up a little, little, little bit short. I mean, it's okay to play a good offense throughout the, the season, maybe not play some really good teams, but when it comes time to knock heads with these guys, like Ohio State and Clemson and LSU, boy, you better have your ducks in a row, and they better be they better be ready to go. So, but this year may be a little bit different because of their their defensive coordinator has, has made them has allowed them to play a little bit better. So maybe they will have a uh, an answer for LSU. Uh, in my thought, no, it's not. But mm-hmm. but I think that uh, uh, Lincoln Riley and his boys have really done a super super job over there, and uh, good luck to them next year well and that's the thing is you pull lsu in that first game in that first opportunity i got to vote for the uh, coach of the year and there's uh, there's obviously different awards uh, different different places to be honored that you can vote for these things and and whatnot and so i was able to uh, vote here this year and and i want to thank as a member of the football writers association of america i have the opportunity to get involved in these votes and so I want to thank them for that. So we did the uh, Eddie Robinson Award ballot that goes to the Coach of the Year, and that'll be revealed uh, next Friday, Friday, December 20th. So I voted for the Eddie Robinson Award, and then the George Munger Award also is for the Coach of the Year. So George Munger and the Eddie Robinson Award, you could both vote for Coach of the Year. I voted for Ed Ogeron number one. Agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he does a fa- fabulous job. Coach O is just a, he's a character, man. I mean, if, if anyone can coach LSU in the bayou down there, it's Coach O. Because Coach O is a Cajun himself. You know, uh, I, I read an interesting article about uh, why he was not thought of to take over the Southern Cal team. And you're not going to believe this, but what the answer was because of the way he talks. Yeah. You know, it, he's, he's got a draw. He's a Southern boy. I mean, he's He's a Cajun guy. So perhaps they're saying, well, you know, I don't think a Cajun guy uh, can talk the way we want to talk in Southern California. So they let him go and look what happens. So, you know, that's kind of a, uh, a biased approach. But, you know, Coach O was Coach O. I mean, if he was 1-10 in 10 instead of 10-1 and 1 or something like that, you couldn't tell any difference. That's just the way he is. Good guy, fun guy, loves his kids. And uh, sorry, Southern Cal, but you blew that one. And that's the thing is, you know, he, he literally is is in a situation where, you know, things just kind of worked out. Les Miles got fired for an 81% winning percentage because he lost three games in a row. And you know that when you win 81% of the time, 
and lose 19% of the time, that it's not good enough if you lose three in a row in the SEC. And that's why I say all the time, if you're in the SEC, you have to literally constantly be on a heart monitor. You need IVs with you at all times. I mean, you're a coach that's standing on the sideline connected to an IV, getting you what you need, because the amount of stress that you undertake to be a head coach in the SEC is insane. I mean, you look at Arkansas. Arkansas is not expected to win any games. They're not expected to beat Texas A&M or LSU or Auburn or Alabama or Georgia or Florida, yet... Chad Morris is there for a couple seasons. They send him his walking papers, tell him to get out of there because he's not winning. We look at the fact that Texas A&M is going to stay in the basement of this thing because how are they going to turn around and beat teams like LSU and Florida and whatnot? But Jimbo Fisher's there, probably not for long. He's going to have to find another place. Maybe he comes back to the ACC. But, you know, it, it's it, I marvel at the fact that you know, Les Miles got fired winning 81% of the time. And then Ed Ogeron came in as the interim head coach. And there was people from the giddy up from the get go saying he shouldn't be our coach. We need somebody else. You know, he just wasn't the guy to lead the team and this and that. And now everybody's forgotten that. And then if he turns around and loses two games next year, they'll want to put his head on a stick. But you know, that's, that's where we live in the sec world yet. I believe he's handled it pretty darn well, Papa Joe. Well, but the world better take heed because my main man, the lane train, is coming to Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. And the lane, the lane train, give him a couple years, and he's gonna be he's gonna be knocking heads with with uh, Nick Saban. So a, a lot of fun. Uh, lane, you know, Lane's no fool. All right. He 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 didn't he he wanted to take this job. I know that uh, for a fact. I know he wanted to take this job, but. The expectations for Mississippi are aren't going to be quite as tough uh, because they're going to he's going to need a couple of years to get this thing going, and he's got to he's got to recruit the athletes. Now he's got to go knocking heads with all of these Southern guys down here for all the four and five stars that say, "Hey, come to, come to me. Look what I did at FAU. Look what I did at Alabama when I was offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm going to you have a lot of fun. You come to, you come to to Mississippi, and we're going to have a lot of fun and." That's that's Lane. I mean, he's uh, he's certainly he's matured a lot over the years. Because frankly, he was a jerk about eight ten years ago. Uh, but he's not a jerk now. He's a, he's matured a lot. Uh, he know, but he certainly knows his stuff. Boy, he really knows his stuff. It's going to be exciting. I want to. I'm I'm sort of tapped into the Mississippi Network. I want to be able to to find out uh, uh, what what his his classes do. And I check it almost daily to see uh, what kind of recruits he's, he's going to get. So going to be a lot of fun watching <laughs> watching my main man, the and lane the, train. And the lane train, you got your socks and you got your, your mug ready that I got you in my travels to get you ready for that lane train. So lane is coming into Ole Miss. Watch out, folks. It's happening, and it's happening very, very soon here. After the season's over, people will start focusing on what's going on in the future, and we'll look over to that. With that being said, what's coming up in the future, PJ and I still have more conversation to have. There are over 40 different bowl opportunities, and Papa Joe and I will go from the Idaho Bowl to the block. I mean, there's some bowls that are in this thing. Let me just tell you right now, folks, okay? you There's a bowl called the Walk-Ons Bowl, which I believe that only Walk-Ons should be able to play in. And that's the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. Then we have the Academy Sports and Outdoor Texas Bowl. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday 
Bull. These long, long names, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, the Redbox Bowl. You know that Redbox that charges you what? A dollar, a dollar thirty, a dollar fifty to rent their movies. You know that a lot of people are still renting movies at your local grocery stores and other shops and Target and Walmart and whatnot. You know that people are renting movies when Redbox can have their own bowl. And it's not it's not hosted by Redbox. It's the Redbox Bowl. So think about that, folks. How much money you got? How many dollar fifty movies you got to rent for Redbox to be able to pay for this? Well, thank you to that. And we have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. I'm not making any of this stuff up, folks. These are the craziest things in the world. If we had the Alabama Booger Bowl, there would you know there would be a giant booger running around the field, and as long as they can afford that booger, they're making it happen. So we'll talk about all that after the break, including the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which I think they should have a potato eating contest right after it. We'll get into all of that right after this, or Sports Meets Life on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a wake up call, fast break. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. <laughs> now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to K9 Campground. Hi, friends and fans. Home Team Pub is the place to be to cheer on your fave home team. Located at 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, HTP has you covered with an amazing drink selection. Let's not forget about the signature drinks or those kid-approved gourmet milkshakes. The happy hour specials and pub entrees will have your mouth watering. Check out the website, hometeampub.com, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more specials. At Home Team Pub, you're always the MVP. Dominic's Restaurant, located on 1370 Burnett Avenue in Syracuse, is your home for Trivia Wednesday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., featuring host Dan Tortora. Assemble your team and join us at Dominic's Restaurant for free trivia with weekly prizes. Call 315-471-4262 to reserve your team's table. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We're talking about bowl games with Papa Joe inside of the Charney's Men's Wear and Tuxedo Studios. 
Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos is your home for literally everything. They have tuxedos, they have suits, they have sport coats, they have ties, they have bow ties, suspenders, shoes, hats, everything you need to dress up and dress nice and look fantastic. And you can dress up and dress nice and look fantastic with their pullover sweaters, their halfway zips, their save the duck, you know, and all their winter apparel for save the duck, save the duck, a company that promises that a hundred percent of their materials were made without harming an animal. They have NFL gear. They have Syracuse gear. They have they have mittens, they have gloves, they have scarves, they have hats. They literally have everything that you need. They have Tommy Bahama if you're going on vacation. Because if you're wearing Tommy Bahama in Syracuse, you probably are outside freezing your tush off right now. But if you're down in Florida, you're feeling good about it. So everything at Charney's, every style, every size, regular, big, and tall, you can literally find anything for any person, any gift this holiday season at Charney's. And that is Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. We're inside of Mon Paz Kettle Corner Popcorn Factories. What's popping? And what's popping today is Papa Joe College Football Playoff, <clears throat> as well as our conversation on all those bowl games, which is why you're seeing my helmet there. And we'll talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars in just a little bit. I know Papa Joe is very angry about it. So am I. So I'm trying to butter us both up until we get to that point where we get really angry toward the end of the show. So make sure that you're there for that. I'm going to read off some of these bowl game names, okay? And then I'm going to ask Papa Joe, after I read off some of these names, to give his thoughts. There is the Lending Tree Bowl, which for those of us Catholics thought that that was the tree that has the names on it during Christmas that you pull it off and you buy somebody a gift. Well, there's a Lending Tree Bowl. There is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, as we know. There is the Ticket Smarter, which I have no idea what that is, Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. There is also the Outback Bowl, which which I find funny because Outback Steakhouse is I, I, it's like, do they still exist? I mean, I know we have one. It's kind of hidden, but there's the Outback Bowl. There's the Verbo Citrus Bowl, VRBO. It looks like somebody just hit hit letters on the keyboard. There's the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. There is the, and I, I said this before the break, and I'm not kidding, there is a bowl that is named after the tiger that represents Frosted Flakes cereal. And nothing more fitting than sending Florida State there in a year that they fired their coach in the middle of the season and got to 6-6. Six and six. They deserve the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. And I'm not trying to be mean to Florida State fans in any way, shape, or form, but you go to a bowl game representing Tony the Tiger because you're 6-6. Six and six. And when you're six and six, how are you supposed to make it? We have the, this is one of the longest names always. And they, I think they've changed sponsors a few times. The Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. I, I, I spoke with you about some of these other ones here. The Cheez-It Bowl, which I kid you not, is a real game. The Cheez-It Bowl dedicated to those little cheese crackers that you, if you eat one, you eat 115 of them. There's the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl that I also read off to you. And let's see, the Quick Lane Bowl, which is if you go to the Quick Lane Bowl, it's also in Central New York, a bowling alley. And so I believe if you go to this, if you go to the bowling alley and you bowl tonight, you get a free ticket to the game. Obviously, I'm kidding. Please don't do that. But I do think that there's a Quick Lanes here. There's the Sophie Hawaii Bowl. There's the Bad Boy Mowers 
Gasparilla Bowl, which sounds like something that you would see like a knockoff thing, like the Puppy Bowl. The red, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. I feel like they should have a bunch of people lined up from all over this great country, sit on them mowers, and see who can get to the end from one side to the other, and whoever gets there gets a free case of macaroni and cheese and some Tony the Tiger pictures. But I mean, this is the cra- the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. The Camellia Bowl, we know that one. The Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl. Cherubundi, baby. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. The Makers Wanted Bahama Bowl. And now I will stop. Papa Joe, stop the madness. What's going on with these bowls and these bowl game names? Well, it's absurd. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's good for the kids. You know, It's good for the schools. Uh, to go to these these long-winded uh, bowls, uh, but I did. You know, I looked over the bowl games. I actually, I I got to come. I got to commend uh, the bowl committee for doing a good job because there are no games that feature a six-six versus a six-six. It's either a six-six versus a seven-five. Yeah. So they sort of they fell out of that trap because I was ready to nail them with a couple of six-sixes. And I looked up and down. I looked up again. Again, there is no six six versus six six. So I guess that's okay. Uh, look at Daniel. It's a matter of economics. Uh, these 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 bold people. These guys are no fools. These companies are no fools. They make a lot of money, uh, and they have they have ways that they spend their advertising revenue, and that's how they do it. I mean, they, I don't know how much it costs to buy one of these bulls, but I guarantee you, it's not cheap. Uh, so. It's economics, all economics. You know, when I think about after the first year, we got the Daytona 500 coming up, uh, the racing, and you should see the amount of money that these sponsors spend to advertise for the Daytona 500. We're talking multi-million dollar 30-second spots. Yeah. That that, that was your mind. So, again, it's, it's economics. If these companies, if these firms can justify spending say, I don't know, a million dollars to cover the cheese at bowl, that's that's fine. I mean, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, these companies can get it. Listen, all the power to them. If I had the wake up call, wake up in the morning, love life, enjoy it bowl. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I, I could I could come up with some of the and I might do that. I might do that for everybody listening and watching. I'm going to put up a, I'm, you could send it to it. You could reply to this and give me your thoughts now. But I'm going to put up on Facebook and Twitter uh, at Wake Up Call DT on Facebook, Twitter at Call DT, and I'll put it on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. I want to have a little fan fun this week. And so I'm going to ask you to come up with the craziest bowl names. I want you to send me your funny bowl name because there's so many bowl games. I want you to tell me what would be a great sponsor, like a funny sponsor to to these bowl games and and i I just want to know i want to know your thoughts so send them over to us tell me your craziest bowl name or the the best sponsor that you think would be there for a bowl because i want to laugh and i want to have some fun with it this week i'll think of some myself and get those ready for you but i mean it to me it's 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 insane it's absolutely insane to see what we have here the amount of bowl games that we have now papa joe we know that uh, bowl season last year started uh, started like December 14th or something. It was very early. The first bowl game officially this season is December 20th 
It is the Makers Wanted Bahama Bowl, where Buffalo will face off against Charlotte. And the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl will have Utah State and Kent State. Kent State led by former Syracuse co-offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. What are your thoughts on bowl games starting on December 20th? We're going to play a bunch of bowl games before Christmas. We have a plethora of them. There's actually uh, there's a bowl, two bowl games right after Christmas, the day after. There's one on Christmas Eve in Hawaii. What are your thoughts on on not only having these all of these bowl games, but having bowl season essentially start a week from tomorrow? Oh, it's early, obviously. But when you look at the lineup here, it goes from December 20th to January 6th. That's almost uh, two full weeks. So you got, I don't know, 45 bowls or 48 bowls that they've got to get televised in two weeks. So they, I guess they had to start early. I, I don't have, I don't fault them for that. Look, at if, the, if people want to sit down and watch these games, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to do it, that's for sure. Uh, but it, there has to be there has to be a carrot out there uh, for football fans to, to watch instead of watching the pros all the time. This is the end of the season for the college game. Uh, congratulations to the teams that uh, were selected to play in a bowl. Uh, they should be proud that they're going somewhere to play if, a seven and seven or a seven, a six and six team. That, that's okay. I mean, it's it's for the kids anyway. So you know, let it be. I like the Upstate New York Snowden Bowl. That's one that I just put in here. Uh, somebody sent us the Upstate Shredding Bowl. Thank you to Alan for that. Send me your bowl names. You know, crazy, crazy sponsors for a bowl game or a crazy name for a bowl game. Send me your thoughts on the bowl games. I think the one that's taking the cake for me right now that's actually a real name is the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl, which will feature UCF and Marshall in Tampa, Florida at Raymond James Stadium. Papa Joe, there's there's teams all throughout this thing that are getting an opportunity and, and getting a nod. The Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl is also one of my favorite names. That's going to be played at FAU. And SA, this makes no sense to me, okay? I'm going to... I'm going to... Because... SMU is a better team than FAU. SMU has to go to Florida Atlantic to their stadium in Boca Raton to play this bowl game. The Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl is at home at FAU in a home game for FAU that SMU has to travel to. SMU is a 10-win team, and they have to go on the road to Florida Atlantic, who no longer has the lane train. That's pulled out of the station. They just hired Willie Taggart. What are your thoughts on SMU being as good as they are and getting kind of a crappy situation? You know, SMU uh, and Baylor, let, let's just be frank about this. Both of those teams were never given any credit for what they've done this year. Uh, they, they, frankly, they were never in the conversation to be in the top four teams, even if they wound up with only one loss. The, the, just the temptations for the, the bowl committee to choose either one of those teams with only one off, it, it just wasn't there. It's just not there. So, you know, so they're a two-loss team. they got to travel across the country. The best way to, to shut people's mouths up is to go ahead and beat an FAU team. But I'll tell you, the athletes that SMU is going to find at FAU, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't in Texas, mm-hmm. and they fly around the field. And, uh, F- frankly, I like FAU in this game, even without the lane train. And uh, if Tagger takes over this team, I don't know if he's going to take it over for the bowl, but uh, he's, he's going to find himself that the, the cover is pretty well stacked. So, hey, FMU had a good good season. Your man your man did a great job. It's just, just not 
they're just not meant to be. I mean, they just have to. They have to be a stronger conference over there and stronger teams for these people to be represented. Or either that, or they open up the the, the competition uh, for six teams instead of four. And yeah, one of the guys said the NCAA still has it in for SMU, and and I would agree with that. Now, I I do want to make mention of something, and and, uh, Papa Joe and I, as we're talking here this morning, inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. You know, I'd written an article about, you know, the, the American Athletic Conference, in my opinion, has, you know, a lot of strong teams. Memphis was strong under Justin Fuente. They were strong under Mike Norvell most recently, who's now going to Florida State. Justin Fuente went to Virginia Tech. You know, we have teams like UCF that was strong under Scott Frost. Now it's strong under Josh Heupel. We, you know, we we have uh, Houston that I think will be back up and into it. I think USF will look to find their way and find their footing. East Carolina is getting better. Navy has been good for over a decade under Ken Niamatololo for the most part. You know, Tulane with Willie Fritz has done some good things. Sonny Dykes at SMU. So I do think they play a tougher conference than people give them credit for. But I wrote an article that says, for those that think the AAC plays no one. And I went team by team. Cincinnati's better now, Luke Fickle. I went team by team. And Papa Joe, I'm going to tell you this. Okay, this is team by team. Cincinnati is going to be playing in their future. That means starting in 2020 and beyond. They're going to be playing Nebraska, Indiana, Arkansas, NC State, Pitt, Boise State, Boston College, East Carolina is going to play South Carolina. They're going to play NC State, Michigan, BYU, Wake Forest, Boise State. Houston's going to play Washington State, Colorado, Utah, Boise State, Texas Tech. Memphis is playing Mississippi State, Missouri, Arkansas, and Purdue. Navy obviously plays Notre Dame and Army. SMU's playing TCU, continuing here. They just beat them this year. Maryland, Vanderbilt. Temple is playing Miami, Duke, Boston College, Oklahoma, Georgia Tech, Penn State. Tulane's going to be playing Ole Miss, the Lane Train. They'll be playing Mississippi State. They'll be playing Iowa State, Duke, Oklahoma. Tulsa will be playing Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Washington, Oklahoma, and so on and so forth. The UCF Knights will be playing North Carolina, BYU, Boise State, Louisville, Georgia Tech, and USF will be playing Texas, NC State, Florida, BYU, Louisville, Alabama, Boise State, Miami. So I mean USF above all. I mean they're playing they're playing Alabama. That's a suicide schedule right there. Who the hell made that schedule? <laughs> yeah, USF will play Florida in 2021 and in 2022. They'll play Alabama in 2023 and in 2024. They'll play Florida again in 2025. They'll play Alabama in 2026. And they have other games in the midst of all that. So for those people saying that the American Athletic doesn't play anybody, those seem like some tough schedules coming up. I agree. Um, look, at, we've always discussed this. Yeah. The, the teams have got to play. They, they've got to play on the field. they got to beat the teams on the field. Uh, and in order to do that, the committee's just going to have to uh, rethink their position. Uh, either open it up to six or eight teams, or they're going to continually uh, opt out on, on the, the AAC. It's not fair. Uh, I, I watched Minnesota, I watched uh, Memphis and Cincinnati, both of those games. Both games were excellent. I mean, those teams are good. I, yeah. I would not want to play one in a bowl. So congratulations to the conference. I mean, they, they've done a great job. 
uh, it's just they're just below. I mean, they're just below the, the best conferences. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, in order for them to equate, they're going to have to increase the, the size of the playoff situation, and that's not going to happen. So in the meanwhile, we just got to enjoy these teams, how they play, and uh, hope that they just do well and make money for their schools. We got a bunch of bowl games to talk about. We'll start doing that next week. We'll start giving our picks next week because the games will essentially start next uh, next Friday, like I said, December 20th. And the Makers wanted Bahama Bowl with Buffalo and Charlotte and the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl with Utah State and Kent State. Uh, Papa Joe, to look at the New Year's Bowls, just to get your thoughts on this before we jump into some other things. Well, I want to do the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So the New Year's Eve Bowl, uh, December 31st, Virginia Tech at Kentucky in the Belk Bowl, Tony the Tiger Bowl, Florida State and Arizona State, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, which will be played in the stadium that I was just at this past weekend for Memphis and Cincinnati in the American Athletic Championship. In the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Tennessee, Navy will play Kansas State, which is kind of ironic and kind of kind of sad because if Memphis had lost to Cincinnati and Navy had won, Navy would have gotten in to the American Athletic Championship. So this is kind of a knock in a way because they didn't get in and now they're playing in the stadium where the championship was just played, which is kind of bittersweet. But Navy will play Kansas State. Uh, In the Nova Home Home Loans Arizona Bowl, Wyoming will play Georgia State. In the Valero Alamo Bowl, Utah will play Texas. Those are your December 31st games. So we'll have Navy on the docket, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Utah, Texas, what are your thoughts on on some of these New Year's Eve bowls? Well, I like Texas over Utah. That's for sure. Uh, I think Texas plays a tougher schedule. Obviously, See, again, Utah. Uh, they had it all in front of them. All they had to do was win, and they would have been right there with Oklahoma to to possibly uh, be selected for the for the championships. But uh, it's just not going to happen. I like Texas in that game. We got Wyoming and Georgia State. I don't know a thing about Georgia State at all. The Wyoming looks up Kansas State. We know who they beat this year. They beat Oklahoma versus Navy. Navy's not going to have the athletes that Kansas State's got, so I like Kansas State there. Florida State, Arizona State. You know, what can you say about Florida State? I mean, uh, they they threw out their coach. They did they did bad, but my main man, Odell Haggins, they got to play Arizona State with Herm Edwards. I like Arizona State. Yeah, you know, so we got some good games going on here. And like I said, we'll discuss these further as it goes on. Uh, The New Year's Six Bowls, we have the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. We have the Capital One Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Allstate Sugar Bowl. Outside of that, uh, we know that the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl will be in the semifinals of the college football playoff of these New Year's Six. So uh, what's your take on, I mean, we we look at uh, the Cotton Bowl, and I do want to get to a couple of a couple of these. So in the Cotton Bowl, we're going to have a really you know awesome game, in my opinion. I'm very excited about what's coming up in the Cotton Bowl, and you know that's that's the fact that we're going to actually get to see you know some good teams play within this. I think some respect came for this. Penn State's going to play Memphis in Arlington, Texas, at the AT and T Stadium. And obviously, that's the stadium of the Cowboys. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Penn State and Memphis. What do you think about this one? Well, you know, we've we've talked about Memphis the last several weeks now. Yeah. A fabulous team. Mike Novell did a great job there. But I I, I think that you're going to see a disparity in the in the amount of uh, athletes that are on the field. 
uh, Penn State's just going to have too many good athletes, too many more for Memphis to cover. So I like I like Penn State. Frankly, I like Penn State pretty easy in that game. James Franklin just signed an extension with Penn State. He's going to be staying there for the foreseeable future. I mean, we know that contracts mean nothing when it comes to coaches. They could sign an extension and leave overnight. But as of right now, it looks like he's going to be in good shape and good footing for the next bunch of years here, at least the next half a decade. What do you think about the fact that James Franklin decided to stay at Penn State and Penn State decided to keep him? Well, I think that there was news coming out of Tallahassee that they wanted James Franklin to come down there. So the best thing a coach can hear is have his name bandied about the rest of the nation. You're going to take over this program or that program or this program. And, of course, the agent says, agent goes to the AD and says, look what's happening out here. Uh, you know, James, let's do something with James so we can keep him here. So they give him more money and give him more years. Except the buyouts, the buyout will probably be $1, you know. So it's it, it's the best thing a, a coach can hear is his name being bandied about for other for other coaches, for other teams. Yeah, you know, and he got that opportunity to stay where he's at. We have uh, the Rose Bowls coming up, Oregon and Wisconsin. What do you think about this one, PJ? I know you got a lot of family up in the Wisconsin area. What do you think about Oregon and Wisconsin facing off in the Rose Bowl? Oh, my goodness. My, my boys are listening here. I, I oh, They'll be all over my butt. No, i got to go with Wisconsin here. I, I, my, my family would never never live it down. <laughs> uh, I, I, probably, I think Oregon's probably a better team, and they got one of the best quarterbacks in the – in the nation, but Wisconsin's got uh, a running back that's going to go to the NFL next year. You know that kid. That kid has gained almost six thousand yards. Maybe, maybe not quite that many in the three years he's played for Wisconsin. Uh, his legs are going to be a little bit tired, but I like Wisconsin in that game, obviously because of my family. You know, we look at and like you said, you brought up Jonathan Taylor. His his statistics. You know, Jonathan Taylor, 1,977 yards in 2017 rushing. And he has uh, 2,194 in 2018. And if he gets a little bit less than 100 yards in Wisconsin's Rose Bowl game against Oregon, he'll get to 2,000 yards for back-to-back seasons. He has 1,909 right now to get into this. So for those of you playing the home game in order for him to get to uh, to get to 2,000 yards, he only needs 91 yards. So cumulatively, in just three seasons, folks, in just three seasons, he has 6,080 rushing yards. That's insane, Papa Joe. It is, but, you know, I have a problem with that. Uh, the problem is this. Uh, when you look at the NFL uh, picks coming up, you know, you got the quarterbacks up there, you got Chase Young's up there and all these guys. Justin Fields is just a sophomore still. And – Jonathan Taylor is not thought of. And the reason is, is because his, he, the NFL people who make these decisions, his, his legs are tired. I mean, there's only so much a, a young man can do. If you're going to gain 6,000 yards in the, in the college, are you going to have something left over to play in the pros? Uh, then you're playing against players that are bigger and faster than the ones you played at, uh, in Wisconsin. So I have a problem with Wisconsin doing that. Uh, the only... And the only reason being that uh, the kid's going to have tired legs. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, I mean, it's it's how long can you run because you can only your body can only take so much and you can only do so much. But at the same time, you know, I give a lot of respect for what he's been able to do over six thousand yards, and that's what they do in the Big Ten. You know, they run they run that ball down your throat and they play tough defense. But 
hopefully he'll get an opportunity and hopefully he'll have a chance. I mean, he has been absolutely incredible. 6,080 yards in just three seasons is, is, I mean, I don't know if remarkable, incredible, fantastic, stupendous. I don't know if any of those words can add up to what that truly looks like and how insanely, you know, great that is. I mean, this, this is one of the it's fantastic. And, and, and at the same time, like you said, it's, you know, do they think that he can keep going and is that going to be held against him? Hopefully it won't. The All-State Sugar Bowl also inside of the New Year's Six has Georgia against Baylor. And I think this is a very winnable game for Baylor. What do you think about the All-State Sugar Bowl? No, I, I like Georgia in that game. I think Georgia, Georgia proved that they play tough defense. They play tough defense against LSU in that uh, championship game for the SEC. It may not have looked it, because, but Burrow is so much better than anyone else. Uh, uh, I, like, I like Georgia in this game. There, I mean, to me, I think Baylor, Matt Rule, what they've been able to do has been tremendous. And so I think that they have a good shot at this, especially because we've seen Georgia bleed a little bit. We've only seen Baylor bleed when they play Oklahoma. So that's going to be an interesting game to kind of circle and watch as we get set for what's coming up here. And speaking of that, we'll take a step aside for a fast break. PJ and I are going to talk about coach hirings and firing updates right after this fast break. And then we'll eventually get into the Jacksonville Jaguars conversation and how there's going to be, in my opinion, not a lot of warm bologna and cheese to go around anymore as Doug Marone will probably be seeing his way out of Jacksonville this season. We'll talk about that in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Now that the weather has turned chilly, why not be a hero to your family and friends and treat them to some fresh, handmade ice cream from Carvel DeWitt? Whether it's our ice cream, novelties, or world-famous cakes, we make everything fresh by hand daily. Don't be fooled by the ice cream that you see in the grocery store that could be weeks or months old. Carvel DeWitt is the oldest Carvel in the country and prides itself on making the best, freshest ice cream every single day. Come on in and taste the fresh difference and be a hero to your family and friends. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Charney's Men's Clothing is your one-stop shop for your men's dress-up and dress-down wear. Located on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, Charney's Men's Clothing is proud to be your trusted name for decades in suits, sport coats, tuxedos, and all accessories. Charney's Men's Clothing also provides sports and leisure-themed casual wear for the everyday man. Stop in and see our welcome and friendly staff on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 
487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're also live on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. I love my life. I love my show. I love my company. I love getting to do this in the morning, waking up with you all. I love being able to do shows out in the community and everything that we do. So before I go anywhere else, let me say thank you to you for watching, for listening, for reading, helping to make this show possible by all the great things that you bring forward. And I want to thank God above all things. And I want to thank my family and my friends. Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos. We're inside of their studios right now. Carvel DeWitt, Utica Pizza Company, Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, Canine Camp Dog Daycare and Canine Campground Dog Boarding, Home Team Pub, Honda City of Liverpool, the Wildcat Sports Pub, Trapper's Pizza Pub, Dominic's Restaurant, where we have trivia every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 1370 Erie Boulevard East, or 1370 Burnett Ave in Syracuse. I also want to give a big shout out to Boreos, where we have trivia every Boreos, where we have trivia every Thursday, including today. So you can come join us for trivia every Thursday at 7 p.m., including today at 8891 McDonald's Parkway in Cicero, New York. So definitely come out and see us for that trivia at Boreos every single Thursday, including today, December 12th at 7 p.m. Very excited to be able to start that off. We had our first week this past week, and this is week number two, and ecstatic about being able to do that at Boreos and bring trivia out to Cicero, New York, and do it the right way. So thank you to Boreos for that. So thank you to everybody. Thank you to you. Thank you to the support and all the positivity. And, you know, really, in all honesty, I I just... I'm happy to wake up every day and do my thing. So thank you for those of you that support it and appreciate it. And please support the Central New York and Upstate New York businesses I just mentioned that you could see here on Facebook Live. Support them because these are good quality businesses. They're not just companies. They're places that I care about, that I want to see succeed. Tremendous people, Lorraine and Chad and company at Canine Camp Dog Day Care and Canine Campground at Home Team Pub, Joe Kalil and family at Carvel Dewitt, Jay Cartini at Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos, Rob, John, Steve, and Michelle and company at the Wildcat, Danny, Nikki, Bree and the crew at Utica Pizza Company, Phil and his entire team there, Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, the Bell family, Honda City of Liverpool to Ralph to Brad to George and so on and so forth, Trappers to Alex. And to to uh, to Mary, to uh, Boreos and the Boreo family, and, and all that they've done there, to Marty and Chuck and Tony, Dominic's restaurant, to the Tassone family, to Debbie, to Lori, to Cindy, and everyone there. In all honesty, you know these aren't just places to work with; they're good people in our community. So if you haven't been out to one of them, or you've been to some but not the others, or you know you're just getting into the city, whatever it may be. Go out and show some love to these places because they really are tremendous and they help to make my job fun with the cool things we get to do. So thank you to them. With that being said, Papa Joe and I are talking about the coaches, hirings and firings, folks, the hirings and firings of the coaches. So looking at a coaching update 
for college football and where things are at right now. There's been some movement. Papa Joe and I kind of alluded to some of these here and, and some of the things that went on. So, you know, just to, to look at the coaching news and the movement and everything that's going on as far as is all this, there's nothing in Cincinnati right now. It's quiet currently. So, you know, we're looking at the fact that, you know, right now there, there's not a lot being said about Cincinnati. So there's some thoughts about where to go from that. Memphis has an opening. Uh, South Florida has an opening. Uh, but they're going to be hiring Jeff Scott. He was the co-offensive coordinator of Clemson since 2015. So why don't we start there, PJ? Uh, let's let's look at South Florida. South Florida hiring Jeff Scott. We know how difficult it is to get assistance to leave Dabo Sweeney because he takes care of them. The school takes care of them. They get paid very, very well. And now we're seeing one of them go. Brent Venables has been there forever and a day. Jeff Scott is going to be the new head coach of South Florida. He is the co-offensive coordinator of Clemson since 2015. And he's obviously been in the college football playoff and he's a national champion multiple times. What are your thoughts on the South Florida hire? Well, I guess it's, it's all ego with these guys, uh, frankly. Uh, I don't know why I would leave Clemson. Uh, I'm sure he's paying being paid probably upwards of buck and a half, $2 million probably to be a OC there, uh, unless you want to run your own program. And I, I can't see South Florida paying any more than that, a couple million for, for him. So uh, good luck to him. Uh, uh, he's going to need it because he's recruiting against a very fertile ground of players down there with no, no less than 12 or 15 colleges that, that uh, you recruit against. So uh, good luck. Yeah, you know, and and we we look at, you know, the situation that we have in South Florida. They need life. They need some type of help to get them back on, you know, back you know, back to something that looks positive, back to something that looks good right now. And so, you know, as we look at that, there's other coaches that have opportunities here. Uh, we know that Colorado State will be hiring Steve Adazio. Steve Adazio was fired after making it to a bowl game, including this season, folks. He was fired in a bowl season. He did make it to six and six. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't glamorous by any stretch of the imagination, but he's made it to a bowl game in six or seven seasons at Boston College. He got fired before he could even get to this bowl game. What's your take on uh, Steve Adazio getting hired at Colorado State? Well, Colorado State, uh, don't know much about them out there. We don't get to see too many of their games, if I see any of them at all. I'm just familiar with Adazio from his days at Florida. Yeah. Uh, you know, Adazio is a good he's a good coach, but he's he's barely a 500 coach. I mean, uh, it, it's it's difficult to understand or, or difficult to realize that he's he, he's going to have to have uh, uh, success out there. I, I don't know anything about their conference they play in in Colorado State. I just know that Adios, he's a good man, he's a good coach, he's a good recruiter, so uh, even though he's a 500 coach, uh, he's he's, he's going to have to step it up, I think, probably. He's going to play the Utahs and Utah States and Washington States and those guys over there. Yeah, you know, Colorado State's, and, and, and that's the thing about Colorado State, is it's really, it's really not on the map a lot. You know, there's not a lot of conversation about Colorado State's, you know, Boston College has some history in the Northeast, and, and, and I know about Boston College because you know everything is relative and I've you know grew grew up here in the Northeast came back to the Northeast and whatnot so I mean I I know what's going on in this world but to other people that might be foreign just like Colorado State is foreign to some of these people but they're out in the Mountain West PJ so 
you know, Colorado State, they got to play Utah State, Wyoming, Air Force, Boise State. You know, he, he's going to have a tough hill to climb because he's in the Mountain Division of the Mountain West, and at the top of that division is Boise State and a Utah State team that was able to get to a bowl game after losing their entire staff to Texas Tech and an Air Force team that got to 10 wins. So, I mean, this is not going to be any easy road, and that's just in his division. You're right, exactly right. And why he would want to leave the comfort of Clemson, I don't understand. But, or, I mean, uh, I can't not leave the comfort of Clemson. Of course, he was never at Clemson. But, you know, he needed a job, and uh, he thought maybe that this was going to, going to do it for him. So, perhaps he's never been out west. Maybe he wants to go out there and ski a little bit or something. I don't know. But uh, good luck with him. Chad Morris has been hired by Auburn after getting fired at Arkansas. And this is kind of a smart hire. So he goes to SMU, he's there for three years, and the third year he gets into a bowl game. Then Chad Morris goes over to Arkansas, spends a few seasons there, they just fired him. And then Gus Malzahn hires him at Auburn thinking, he's played the SEC. He's coached against the SEC. I've coached against the SEC. Why not have two head coaches on this team that have seen things from different angles? What are your thoughts on on Gus Malzahn hiring former Arkansas head coach Chad Morris to be his offensive coordinator at Auburn? I think it's a brilliant move. I've always favored Morris. He's he's had great offensive mind. This this was uh, this was in the works. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure Morris called up Gus and says, "Listen, I think I'm about ready to lose a job." you think maybe you can help me here and he said hell yes i'm gonna help you I'm, you want you want a job here you got a job so uh this is a brilliant this is a brilliant hover uh hire by gus and i it's gonna help him considerably because you know Valzone is he's going up against the same teams we always talk about the lsus and the alabamas and texas a&m uh, he needs a strong offensive coordinator and he's got one now yeah you know now we're looking at the fact that you know going in here is, uh, you know, Steve Adazio to, to uh, you know, the, the most recent updates that we can give you here on the coaching carousel here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. This is what it looks like as far as the moves that have been made. Steve Adazio in at Colorado State. Mike Bobo resigned. Willie Taggart in at FAU. Lane Kiffin goes to Old Miss from there. Uh, Marcus Arroyo is in at UNLV. Tony Sanchez was fired. Jeff Scott that we just mentioned in at USF after Charlie Strong's firing. Uh, Jeff Trailer will be at UTSA after the firing of Frank Wilson from there. Uh, Ricky Ron is going to Old Dominion. Bobby Wilder resigned. Eli Drinkwitz will be going to Missouri. Barry Odom was fired there. Drinkwitz is considered to be a rising star. He led Appalachian State to a Sun Belt title in just one season. And the coach before that at Appalachian State is at Louisville now, uh, Scott Satterfield. So Appalachian State, I'm going to stop there and, and mention that. Appalachian State had 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 Scott Satterfield for a little while, and he goes off to Louisville. Eli Drinkwitz was not even a full calendar year at Appalachian State, and now he's the Missouri head coach. What do you think about that? Well, it's, again, it's a, these are good moves. I mean, it doesn't take a, a mental giant to, to figure this stuff out. If you're going to recruit coaches from a conference, not some of the big ones, you're going to recruit from the AASF. So, you know, it makes sense that these guys are successful. So, uh, Appalachian State, it comes right along with that. I mean, uh, 
they're a dangerous team. I would not want to play them. I don't know who they're playing in the bowl, but it's going to be real difficult. Whoever's playing them. So uh, they get they they managed to recruit the the all the athletes they need to win, and they're going to win. And and uh, it's, it's a good it's a good call. I like the call. Yeah. So I mean, we see that there's going to be you know that that you know opportunity for Eli Drinkwitz to be at Missouri now. Uh, Sam Pittman is at Arkansas after the firing of Chad Morris. Uh, Mike Norvell is at Florida State after Willie Taggart was fired. Lane Kiffin, we mentioned, after Matt Luke was fired at Ole Miss. Jimmy Lake in. Chris Peterson's resign at uh, Washington. Greg Schiano's back after Chris Ash was fired at Rutgers. There's some open jobs still available right now, including the BC job. Uh, Papa Joe, Mike Norvell, I went through this situation a couple times. And so, you know, a couple seasons ago, I was down at UCF for the American Athletic Championship game. And UCF won. And Scott Frost was sad. And Scott Frost was pink in the face. And he was crying. And he looked like something had grabbed his attention and held on to it. Within an hour of the post-game press conference celebrating UCF's win of the American Athletic Championship, Scott Frost had left for Nebraska. And Danny White, the AD at UCF, had called us down for a press conference for those of us that were still in the building to talk about the future of UCF. I went to Memphis this past weekend, covered Cincinnati Memphis in the American Athletic Championship game. Memphis wins. Third time's a charm. They lost to UCF two years in a row at UCF. They won at home over Cincinnati. Right after that, there's talk and there's talk and there's talk during the game. And then the next morning, we know that Mike Norvell was heading off to Tallahassee and a press conference was set for early afternoon and now he's the head coach. I have now seen the American Athletic Championship game hoist a trophy, and the coach that hoists a trophy twice in the last three years has gone on to another school. Thoughts on Mike Norvell heading to Florida State? Well, he's a, obviously he's very, he's very good at what he does. Um, he's an excellent recruiter. Don't know much about an X and O's guys. I'll know he's, his teams fly up and down the field. Uh, this is a whole different ball game. I mean, this is this is something. Uh, maybe this was dream job, like Willie Taggart dream job. Well, it ain't easy. It's not going to be easy. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of kids that have already decommitted at Florida State, and he's going to have to be uh, he's going to have to be the one to go down and sit down at the grandma's kitchen table there and try to talk her grandson into coming coming back to FSU. This is not an easy job. It may be a plum job, but it's not an easy job. Just look at Willie Taggart. I mean, they are Florida State. Florida State alumni are probably one of the most vociferous and rude there are in the country, and they are nasty. And you proved it. I mean, they proved it just this last time by throwing that poor Taggart out the damn door. I, I'm not going to. I'm not a FSU man. You know that. Yeah. Um, but it, they treated him like doo doo, and it's, it's not right. It's not fair. Norvell. He's coming. He's a bright guy. He comes in. He smiles. He's a good-looking guy. He's young. You know, he's he checks all the boxes, you know. Well, at the end of two years, we'll see if he's checked all the boxes. This is not an easy job to take. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that was one of my concerns with him taking this job is that, you know, not, not – it's the fact of the matter uh, that, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he took the job. I'm happy that this is something that he wanted to do. But at the same time, you know, and I'm and I'm proud for him. But at the same time, I look at this situation and I think to myself, is this really 
the best place for him to be. Is this really, you know, the best situation for a coach like him to be in? Because he's going to get tested. His metal is going to get tested. His patience is going to get tested. His mental strength is going to get tested. His emotional strength is going to get tested. His ability to handle pressure is going to get tested. Because Florida State is not only pissed off that they didn't make a bowl game last year. They're not pissed off only that they're like a 6-6 six and six and 5-7 and seven team over the last three seasons. They're pissed off that they're not winning national championships. And I don't know how you go from 5-7 and seven to expecting you're going to win a national championship, but there's Buffalo Bills fans that think they're going to win the Super Bowl every year. So I guess, you know, that's how it is. But, you know, just what you can say about, you know, Florida State is so... They're so concerned about thinking that they are one of the best teams in the country when in actuality, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, they're not even close. So how do you take a job in a city that believes that they should be in the college football playoff when I'm questioning if they should even be in a good bowl game right now? Well, I guess it's ego. I mean, Norvell knows what he's doing. Uh, and he, he knew what he was, he knows what he's getting into. Right. Uh, the, the, the press are not going to be, if he gets off to a bad start, the press and the alumni are not going to be gentle on him at all. They're going to see another, I don't know what his buyout is, but it's got to be a hell of a lot cheaper than Willie Taggart's. Uh, it, it's, he's, he's, he's in the fire. He's in the fire. Uh, he's already got a good, um, good offensive coordinator. Uh, who do who'd he get? He just got a, a offensive coordinator from somewhere. Uh, gosh, I can't think. And it was a, it was his first major hire, and it's a it's a big major hire. I just can't think of his name. Uh, he's going to have to surround himself. Yeah, he with, he got a. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know right here, not not to interrupt, but he yeah. hired he hired Aub, uh, the reason why uh, Gus Malzahn went out and got Chad right. Morris is that Auburn offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham is filling in right. that role as offensive coordinator with Florida State. That's it. That's that's his that's his first coup right there. So he knows what he's getting into. He knows he knows. He knows the kind of athletes that he can draw there, so uh, you know he's not going to have he's not going to have a bad athlete on the field. Now, whether he's a tough guy, I don't know anything about his coaching style. I don't know if he's a disciplinarian or he's a good glad hands guy, a slap on the butt guy, a yell in the face guy. Don't know anything about his how his temperament and how he handles his team. Uh, but he is really under the gun. This is the this is as tough a job as you can get in the country. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know the ego of Florida State believing that. You know they should they should go from five and seven to being twelve and zero and fighting for the college football playoff. Uh, Mike Norvell, you know, for him to get Dillingham, he was with Norvell at Memphis before heading off to Auburn. He was also with Norvell at Arizona State. So you know this is a connection that Mike Norvell has had, and so assembling him and bringing him in is obviously huge, and it's going to give him an opportunity to do some cool things. So uh, definitely happy for Mike Norvell. He's got to make a splash. He's got to put the right team together. He's got to put the right coaching staff together. He's got to get out to the recruits and get them to believe in Florida State again. Because here's the thing with Florida State, okay? Syracuse loses a recruit. I mean, there's, you look at Syracuse and say, you know, some people want to come, some people, but, you know, Syracuse one of those schools where, you know, okay, well, there's the lure of the dome and there's the lure of this and the lure of that. Florida State, it's simple. Okay, Florida State, if they're losing and Clemson has that phone call and it's between Clemson and Florida State, Clemson's getting that kid. 
Okay, if it's between Florida State and Penn State, Penn State's getting that kid. Florida State was fighting bigger battles. They had the top, you know, eight recruiting class, top four recruiting class, top three recruiting class. They're fighting battles with Alabama, with Clemson, with Penn State, with Oklahoma, with Texas, with all of these teams. Now that they've been losing, these teams can easily say to them, do you want to be five and seven? Do you want to be six and six? Do you want to play in the Tony the Tiger Bowl? You know, so that's... That's what they can use against him. Mike Norvell has to change that. He has to bring life back into Florida State. There's not a lot in Tallahassee. I've been there, okay? There's a store here and there. There's a couple hotels. It's the university. It's Florida State. That's what people eat, sleep, and breathe is Florida State. And these fans were already ripping on Mike Norvell before he was even officially hired. They were already hating their new head coach before he was even their new head coach. So I will ask very nicely to Florida State to... Keep the trap shut and see what the guy does. Understand that none of you probably could be a head coach. So let's talk about that first and foremost and how you have no idea what goes into that job. So 99.9% .9 of you could never do the job. Number two, give him a chance. Number three, he's been successful. Number four, don't knock the American Athletic and him being at Memphis. And number four, stop thinking you're going to win a national championship. Have I missed anything, Papa Joe? No, you, you 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 cover it all. Uh, as I stated earlier, it's a very difficult job. Uh, he's he's gonna. I hope he doesn't get his ass handed to him. But uh, uh, let, let's hope he has marginal success, except against Florida. <laughs> and I was waiting for that. Absolutely. So you know, Mike. And here's the other part of it. Justin Fuente was at Memphis, and he built Memphis into a reputable program. Now, that's the really only time that I had start paying attention to Memphis because I was covering the American Athletic. So Justin Fuente comes in. He builds Memphis up to something. He goes to Virginia Tech, goes to the ACC championship game in the first year, and was one game out of going to the ACC championship this year, which would be twice in four years after leaving Memphis. Now Mike Norvell leaves Memphis. He goes to Florida State. So we have two former Memphis coaches in the ACC, one in the ACC Atlantic, one in the ACC Coastal. What do you think about that? The two former Memphis coaches that put Memphis on the map are now inside of the ACC on both sides. Well, Justin Fiente is a class guy, highly successful, very reputable, good recruiter. Uh, Novell, uh, Novell has to prove he's as good as Justin Fuente. Yeah, you know, and, and we're going to see exactly what they can do. You know, my uh, adjusted Fuente last year had a down year. He also went through a lot of injuries. I think people gave him a lot of garbage for that without really knowing what was going on. And then this year, quietly snuck all the way back in to where he stood this year, which was beat Virginia, and you get into the ACC championship game. And they came up short in that game, but he had crawled all the way back in just a year's time to get back to the opportunity of playing in that ACC championship that's played at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, you know, a lot of credit to what he's doing there, and, and hopefully his longevity will be there in Virginia Tech because I think he's a great, great hire that they had a few years back as he steps into year number five. Boston College, Fresno State, New Mexico, and Appalachian State are all open, Papa Joe, as Liberty, USC, Penn State, Minnesota, Iowa State, Washington State, Arizona, South Carolina – Mississippi State's Vanderbilt and Tulsa have retained their coaches. Any surprises here with anything? No, not really. Uh, the one I'm really concerned about is uh, <clears throat> the Willie Taggart down in South Florida. I don't, I'm not so sure about that one. You know, last last week I, I said that Taggart you, was... Oh, you mean Willie at, F, at FAU? Yeah, FAU, okay. I'm yep. sorry. No, okay. Yeah, 
Willie at FAU. I, last week, a couple of weeks before, I I said he was a little bit toxic. Um, this I'm not so sure about this hire. I I think that uh, he probably looked over the roster and he says, "Well, Lane is leaving me a bunch of good guys. I should be able to do okay." Uh, but you know, for what what Willie Taggart is, he's not even a 500 coach. I mean, he's this is his fifth school or something like that, and he doesn't even have a 500 record. So you know, how can how can these teams keep hiring someone like this if he if he he's not a winner? So he must interview really well. I must say that. So he's uh, he's going to go to a, a much easier situation, uh, FAU. So perhaps maybe he'll have the athletes to compete. You know, and and Luke Fickle. You know, to, to, you know Willie Taggart has ties to the American, and Luke does right now. Luke's at Cincinnati. He's spent. You know, a little bit of time at Cincinnati, not 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 much time. He's been there, uh, hard to believe he's been there already three seasons. But when we look at, you know, Luke Fickle, what he's been able to do in bringing Cincinnati to their first AAC championship game, you know, he's been at Cincinnati for three years, 4-8 and eight the first year when he took over for Tommy Tuberville, and then went 11-2 last year, won the Military Bowl, and 10-3 and this year as Cincinnati will be playing in another bowl game. He has 21 wins to five losses over the last two seasons. Any thought that he would leave Cincinnati, or did Cincinnati kind of luck out that all these places have been, you know, have filled their spots, really, except for uh, Boston College, I guess, because I don't see him going to New Mexico or Fresno State or Appalachian State, but, you know, maybe, maybe Boston College, but uh, did Cincinnati kind of get out of this one okay, knowing that, he likes it in Cincinnati. His family likes it there, and and all the other jobs have been filled for the most part. I think he's being very careful here, and I think his agent's doing the same thing. Is Bobby told his agent, "Look, put me out there. I'm I'm interested in such and such and such." You know, uh, he's probably being very careful. He doesn't want to leave a situation like Cincinnati. He's he's been great. I mean, he's uh, him and Norvell just have been great. I mean, for the for the conference. Uh, uh, and I think that he, he's, he's probably eligible to go to a better team, but I think he's being really, really, really careful because if he was one of the hot ones, he would have already been hired. Right. You know, and Boston College right now is, is sitting here trying to find something. And, you know, Boston College inside of the ACC and the Atlantic Division, the same as Syracuse, you know, they're, they're waiting to figure out their hire. And this is an issue that I have. When you fire your coach, you better have a plan. And I don't know what Boston College has as their plan as they're sitting out there with just a few teams that don't have jobs. So, you know, that have jobs opening. So I'm just I'm sitting here wondering what was you know, what was BC's thought? You don't you don't you know, if you're going to break up with Steve Adazio, you know, have some thoughts on what your future is going to be. And, you know, I just I, I don't understand what the what the thoughts were here, because we don't really know what's going on. I mean, Luke Fickle keeps coming up. Uh, Mike Elko, Texas A&M defensive coordinator, as Al Washington, Ohio State linebackers coach, Jeff Halfley, Ohio State co-defensive coordinator. Some of those names have come up, but it sounds like, you know, they want Luke Fickle, but I don't think that's going to happen. So did BC kind of screw the pooch on this one by firing a coach that's brought you to six bowl games in seven years? And granted, he's a seven and five, six and six coach inside of the ACC, but how the hell are you supposed to do much better than that? Typically, with Clemson and Florida State 
in your division and a better Louisville team in your division and a better Wake Forest team in your division. I would say that Steve Adazio did okay. Did they screw the pooch on this one and fire away somebody without really having a plan? Uh, they may have had a plan, but perhaps maybe that's the coach that they wanted was already was already dealing with someone else. So they, 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 I think the timing was wrong for here for, for Boston College. I mean, Adazio, like Willie Taggart, uh, Adazio is barely a 500 coach. I think he's something like 56 and 54 or something like that. So it's not like he's the coach, you know, uh, to bring uh, Boston College back. And obviously he wasn't he wasn't the answer for them. And I think probably they, I, I think probably their their timing was wrong on this deal. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do now. I guess the best thing they can do is maybe try to get Fickle, but probably get uh, an offensive minded coordinator out there uh, from another team. Uh, that's that's their best deal because that uh, Dazio's uh, gone. And a great call by you. He's actually 57 and 55 over nine years. So you were right there on it, PJ. He was 13 and 11 at Temple, nine and four and four and seven, and then he was 44 and 44 at Boston College. He was seven and six, seven and six, three and nine, seven and six, seven and six, seven and five, six and six. So you know, at the same time, people might complain about seven wins isn't good enough, but again, Syracuse is a perennial three and nine to four and eight team and Boston college, a longtime rival is a perennial seven win team under Steve Adazio. So I'm sure Syracuse fans, which would have much rather had seven than had three or four. And, you know, but that's, you know, everything's relative and it wasn't good enough for the fans and it wasn't good enough for the school, but for a team like Syracuse, that would have been good enough. I agree. I, um, we'll see where it goes. I, I haven't heard anything down here uh, about what's happening at Boston College. I'm just more concerned with the Southern coaches. PJ and I taking a step aside for the uh, final uh, portion here. When we come back, speaking of coaches, we will talk about Doug Marone and the woes of Jacksonville. Deep in the throngs of Jacksonville and inside of the jungle where the Jaguar finds his home, we will look to see if the Jaguar will ever get their claws back after being declawed after being filled with warm bologna and cheese for the last three years. We'll take a step aside, and then Papa Joe and I will more than likely get a little bit angry about this topic. We'll talk with you in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Borio's Restaurant, located on 8891 McDonald's Parkway in Cicero, would like to invite you to their Sunday brunch weekly from 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., featuring multiple mouth-watering breakfast and lunch items. We would also like to welcome you to free trivia Thursdays at 7 p.m. with weekly prizes. Call 315-699-2249 to reserve your team's table at Borio's Restaurant, located on 8891 McDonald's Parkway, overlooking Oneida Lake. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family. 
their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Papa Joe here with us, hanging out for the show with us and having a good time this morning. So we appreciate PJ being with us this morning. He's typically with us every Thursday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. He's always with us in hour number one, talking about college football, the NFL, and sports and life in general. Because as you know, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is where sports meets life. So we always have an opportunity to speak with PJ every Thursday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. He decided to hang out with us the entire show this time as we just got back in the studios after being on the road. You heard my specials with Jay Bromley and D. Brown of Syracuse Football History. You also heard my special with Herm Frazier, the Senior Deputy Athletics Director at Syracuse, speaking on the Syracuse protests, as well as pay-for-play in the NCAA, Syracuse men's and women's basketball, Dino Baber's future with Syracuse football, and so much more, including his thoughts on Athletics Director John Wildhack and the renovations happening at the Carrier Dome, or the Dome, as they're looking to potentially get a new sponsor for that. So a lot of things going on, a lot of great specials. If you missed anything, you can go to wakeupcalldt.com and click on any of the tabs. And I'll actually, I'll show you what that looks like right now. If you go to wakeupcalldt.com, for those of you on Facebook Live with us, you can go straight there and you can click on any of these tabs, the RSS feed, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, iTunes, or YouTube. And you can check it out there. And the show is actually starting and playing itself right there on the homepage. So make sure that you check those things out and take some time with that and listen back to those specials. We're inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. And as I said, you're listening on MixLR.com backslash DT. You're watching on Facebook Live, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. And PJPJ is with us inside of this broadcast, and he's hanging out for the entirety of the show. The last thing we have to talk about in Mon Paz, Kettle Corn, and Popcorn Factories, what's popping, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team that has won four games this year. They are on a five-game losing streak. And speaking of articles and stories, if you go to wakeupcalldt.com and click on that articles tab that we showed you before, There's the story right here that I wrote after they lost their most recent game at home over this past weekend where I put no no more warm bologna and cheese. Marone era seemingly ending in Jacksonville as he likes his warm bologna and cheese, but Jacksonville doesn't like losing. Now, to preface this, I'm going to give this information and Papa Joe and I are going to talk about it. The Doug Marone era in Jacksonville looks to be close to the end of its road. After going 10-6 and six in his first official season as head coach of the Jaguars, which was 2017-18, it's gone from bad to worse for the Jaguars under Marone. 
Jacksonville went 5-11 in the 2018-19 season and are currently 4-9 this season with three games yet to be played. Watching the way this team is trending downward makes it hard to believe that they were less than a touchdown away of advancing to the Super Bowl just a couple seasons ago. Back when they went to the belly of the beast to visit the New England Patriots in Foxborough, Massachusetts in the AFC Championship, a game that I was on site for covering the game. Not all of this, however, can be on Marone. Such as linebacker Telvin Smith announcing on social media that he would not be playing this season, cornerback Jalen Ramsey's constant cries for attention, and quarterback Nick Foles not even coming close to being worth the $88 million contract that the Jaguars decided to give him. But Marone is the head coach. He's responsible for the overall operation of the team week to week. Marone oversees the offensive and defensive schemes. He implements the game plan, runs practice, monitors the individual and collective growth or regression. The onus is on him. As we get further and further from that 10-6 and 6 campaign, the Jaguars seem to be losing all semblance of the strength and vigor they had not so long ago. Jacksonville began this season on a two-game losing streak and have not strung together more than two consecutive wins all season. They're currently on a five-game losing streak, with the last time they were on the right side of the win-loss column coming right by my birthday on October 27th. A Week 8 home victory over the visiting New York Jets, who are awful this year, 29-15. Their most recent loss came at home at TIAA Bank Field on December 8th, this past weekend, to the Chargers, 45-10. Jacksonville has a 2-4 record at home this season. Going back-to-back seasons without a playoff berth since that AFC Championship run is not the direction owner Shad Khan and company were looking for. A taste of success has not turned into eating at the big table. That's all it was. A taste. And it would be difficult to see this organization rest on the scraps of a season well gone by with a coach that has nothing to show on his hook for today's meal. That's the story. Papa Joe, what are your thoughts on Doug Marone? Well, it's it's more or less about the whole situation. I I, I have to apologize to to all the listeners and the readers out there that uh, are, are tuned in to you. I'm embarrassed that this that this product is on the field the way it is. I, I have to apologize to everyone in the whole, the whole Jaguar network. I feel like it being a part of the sports scene down here in North Florida, uh, this is not the type of situation that we want. This is not the type of product that we want to see on the field. It, it's, it angers me. Uh, I mean, I could rant and rave, but I, I, I have a, I have touch string. I have heart strings about this. And yeah. This is, this is, this is very emotional. Uh, uh, th- th- this situation down here has gotten far worse and has gotten out of hand than originally I thought it was going to. Uh, I, I met, mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, that Mr. Khan was going to have a very difficult time uh, doing something about the Foles contract where $50 million is, is guaranteed. Whether he'd have to eat the contract, ship Foles out. That's that's a pretty emotional decision. He probably made the deal. I mean, yeah. he got $88 million. I mean, that's no that's no slouchy money there. That's big-time money. So now Mr. Khan, I think, is, is faced with an even more dire situation, and that's to replace the entire situ- the entire squad. He's got a – he's got a – he's got a – he's got a jettison uh, Coughlin, got a jettison Caldwell. He's got a jettison Marone, all the assistant coaches and everything. Uh, and he's got to start over again. It's just, this is a man who spent multi-hundreds of millions of dollars for this franchise down here. 
to win. And he, frankly, he hasn't delivered. And he hasn't delivered. Maybe he, maybe he's not used to making bad decisions. Well, it looks like to me that he made a bad decision several years ago when he brought Coughlin and all these guys uh, on board. I go back a long way with Coughlin because he was here during the heyday of the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars when Mark Brunel was a, was the a quarterback and they almost won the Super Bowl. So I thought, and really, I really felt strongly about this. I thought that Coughlin would bring some expertise to the team and to the, to the squad and to the way that things are being done. Yeah. Obviously he's not doing it anymore. Perhaps maybe he's, maybe he's out of touch with, with the, uh, the modern player. Uh, it, it, it seems to me like Mr. Khan needs to j- jettison everyone to start all over again. I apologize, Mr. Khan. It sucks. You know, and th- and that's the thing is I just, I don't, I don't get, What's happening? I don't get why it's happening. And I'm completely thrown off by the fact that Tom Coughlin, who is known for being a drill sergeant, who is known for putting a team together, who's known for giving Jacksonville the best years of their career, who's known for two AFC championship games with Jacksonville, beating John Elway as the head coach of the team two out of three times they've gone to the AFC championship game he was the coach three out of three times he was with the organization because he came back as executive VP for this last one just a couple seasons ago so he's been a part of all of their success and yet he's at the top of this and Shad Khan the owner seems to trust him based on what's been written to us to to you know to us in the media about his take on Tom Coughlin and 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 wanting to be on the same page, and I'm just floored by you know I asked Tom I, I wanted Tom to come downstairs I wanted him to take over this team if he saw something crazy happen I wanted him to get down there and he never went downstairs and I'm confused by that I know he's older but at the same time I know that he's you know he looks like a healthy healthy person the vigor seems to be there I just don't get it I don't understand it I don't get it. And, you know, with Doug Marone seemingly having no control of this team, I don't know why we haven't seen Tom Coughlin take control. And so I do wonder if they have to clean house. I really, really, really do like uh, their their general manager, Dave Caldwell. I think he's made some good decisions. And, you know, I think he's been hampered by some stuff. And, you know, obviously Nick Foles spending all that money and then having him get injured and then seeing what's happened from there. And then, you know, going and, and, and having the Jalen Ramsey situation that is really hard to control somebody who is, I mean, control a situation where someone's just kind of off the rails all the time. So, you know, Jacksonville is in a place right now where it took a decade for them to get back to the playoffs. And then they get to the playoffs and they get a taste and they do some good stuff and they're in a situation where they could go to the Super Bowl and they lose the game and then they say, okay, well, we're going to come back next year. We're going to get there this year. And they go five and, you know, they win five games. They go five and 11 and they beat the Patriots, but then they forget to play the rest of the season. This year, they're four and nine with three games to go. I'm just, I'm very concerned about where we're going from here. And I don't know what the answer is because Shad Khan's going to stay there. He built up this thing, but he built a beautiful, beautiful stadium that was empty this past weekend. Real sad. Uh, the last couple of weekends, uh, one weekend you were here and one weekend you weren't. And uh, I can always tell by the way the cameramen are shooting the, the game. 
about how they pan the field. Well, they didn't pan the field when Jacksonville was playing the last couple of weeks because half the stadium was empty. And I don't think cameras want to pan a half-empty stadium. Uh, Mr. Khan is losing an awful lot of money here lately. Uh, if you have a packed stadium, he owns his own food and beverage, I'm sure, so everyone's making money. He's making a lot of money when that when the, the Jaguars are winning and they can fit 80,000 people in that, in that stadium. So, you know, when you've got a half-empty stadium, <clears throat> your dollar is, is being decreased. Uh, the more you you have to contend with a situation like this. He only has one choice, and his, his choice is to can everyone. He's got to start all over again. Uh, even, even if Marone wants to play fools for the next couple of days, uh, he should do that because whoever's coming in needs to know if Foles can run the stadium and they can win with Foles. If not, get rid of him. Now you're left with the idea that a, a six-string, a six-round draft pick, even as popular as it is, yeah. Minshew, can, can lead the team. I, I just don't see it. So whoever comes in uh, is going to have a very difficult job. But first of all, Khan has got to come to the realization that what he's done here for four years is not working. I don't think the team is – I don't think Barone has lost a team. I think they play hard for him. Uh, Marone is a good guy, one of the better guys in, in the NFL. He's a big, big, big teddy bear. Uh, he's just not tough enough. I, and I, I, maybe I, I think he's lost a team, but uh, that, we'll know we'll know better this weekend. If they can't, they can't win this weekend, then uh, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, you know it's a, it's a tough situation, but I think no matter what, we've seen the end of the Doug Marone era in Jacksonville. Do they call Ron Rivera? Would you call Ron Rivera after he was fired by Carolina after being, I mean, this is a guy who is coach of the year. You know, this is somebody who's been honored as coach of the year. He has brought Carolina to new heights and they fired him this year with Cam Newton, you know, embattled with, you know, he's with injury and is he the right guy anymore? What's your take on the fact that, you know, Ron Rivera was kind of made the scapegoat this season for Carolina. Do you call him if you're Jacksonville? Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes, call him up. Yeah. See if he's interested. My goodness. Uh, he's a he's a proven winner. I mean, look, at Ron Rivera is going to have a job next year. Uh, he's going to have four or five different offers. That I can tell you. And he's he's uh, he's he's that good. He's. Uh, I wish he'd bring McCaffrey with him, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would be a great opportunity for Jacksonville to move forward. So, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars looking to get on the right side of things. Papa Joe always bringing the right side of things here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. PJ, I appreciate you as always. I thank you for being a part of the show and for spending an extended time with us and obviously for your hospitality and the great time that we had down in the Sunshine State. So I look forward to talking with you soon. We'll get into the bowl games next week. And as always, I send my love down there and enjoy the weather. Okay, take care. Take care. And coming from Papa Joe once again here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We'll take a quick step aside and get you set for tomorrow's broadcast. There is, I always, you know, I say all the time there's a jam-packed show, that there's so much going on, that there's a ton to be excited for. Well, this is a jam-packed, jam-packed, jam-packed show. This is my way of saying thank you for following us in our travels with Wake Up Call on the road and ad-libbing with us when we're out of town. So now I'm repaying you with thanks and gratitude, appreciation, and a huge show coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about it after this. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
Charney's Men's Clothing is your one-stop shop for your men's dress-up and dress-down wear. Located on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, Charney's Men's Clothing is proud to be your trusted name for decades in suits, sport coats, tuxedos, and all accessories. Charney's Men's Clothing also provides sports and leisure-themed casual wear for the everyday man. Stop in and see our welcome and friendly staff on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse. Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, located on 201 7th North Street in Liverpool, is home to over 40 flavors with more than 200 flavors in their total wheelhouse. Sky's the limit for this sweet and savory Central New York company. Keep it local at your parties, fundraisers, wedding showers, baby showers, and more by calling 315-450-MAPA. That's 315-450-6272 for popcorn bars with custom flavors and colors at your upcoming event. Make sure to visit them on 201 7th North Street in Liverpool, New York. And for more information, go to maandpazsnacks.com. Ma and Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory. How corny are you? Trapper's Pizza Pub, located on 5950 Butternut Drive in East Syracuse. Right off of Bridge Street is your local community supporter right around the corner. Join us on site at Trapper's Pizza Pub for our live monthly broadcast supporting Central New York student athletes and their sports programs. Call 315-438-4444 for more information. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at Trapper's Pizza Pub. Trapper's Pizza Pub, your local community supporter, right around the corner. That coming once again, that great fast break from some of the tremendous companies we have the opportunity of working with, including Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos, Mon Paz, Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, and Trapper's Pizza Pub. Trapper's Pizza Pub, we will have uh, two specials, one in December, one in January with the Brian and Stratton basketball teams. Very excited about this. Two huge events coming up. There's event pages for them on Facebook, so you can always go there and check it out. On Facebook, if you'd like, you go to at Wake Up Call DT on Facebook. That's our Facebook page at Wake Up Call DT or Facebook.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. And you can click on our events and see what's coming up. We have the Bobcat Men's Basketball on site broadcast and the Women's Basketball on site broadcast at Trapper's Pizza Pub in East Syracuse. The Men's Basketball Brian and Stratton special will be this coming Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's this coming Monday, December 16th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So definitely come out and see us there. And then we'll be back there on January 14th uh, at Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be there with the women's team. And in the midst of all that, on December 17th, this coming Tuesday, we'll be at Home Team Pub with the Liverpool Basketball Live broadcast this coming Tuesday, December 17th at 6 p.m. So however you get involved, Whatever you're doing, we would love to see you out there. Love to see you be a part of it and come out to our events, including our trivia tonight, which happens every Thursday night at Borio's Restaurant on 8891 McDonald's Parkway in Cicero, New York. And that starts at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. is when we start, so get there a little bit earlier. We have our trivia room, which you come into Borio's, you go all the way to the right. That room is our trivia room. So just ask, you just say, I'm there for trivia. They'll set you up with a table in there and a server in there. And we'll get started with trivia tonight, December 12th at 7 
p.m. And I look forward to doing that. So getting you set up for tomorrow's show. Friday the 13th is tomorrow. Insane. And then it's, the, and then it's you know, the last month of the year. It's my grandfather's lucky day and his lucky number. So shout out to Pop Cavino. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about this. So we're going to have some fun tomorrow. We have the annoying moment of the week, as we always do every single Friday. So we'll do the annoying moment of the week, proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt. We will do a special ingredients to success brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. We will bring you the top dog of the week brought to you by Canine Camp Dog Daycare and Canine Campground. So we'll do all of those sig- signature segments. Uh, the annoying moment of the week presented by Carvel DeWitt at 9 a.m. It's normally scheduled time every Friday. At 10 a.m., top dog of the week from Canine Campground and Canine Camp Dog Daycare. So we'll do that at 10 a.m. It's normal time. We'll add in the ingredients to success tomorrow, which is our Tuesday show, but we were on the road, so we'll throw that in there. It's normally a Tuesday at the end of the show at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll do significant sound bites throughout the broadcast. My significant sound bites that will start at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I will feature my interviews with four Jacksonville Jaguars players following their 4-9 and nine start. I will talk with former Duke linebacker Joe Giles Harris. He'll be a part of the show here as in my conversation with the Jaguars, you will also hear from, and I'm, I'm ecstatic about all these conversations that we have coming up. So you'll hear from Joe Giles Harris. You'll hear from wide receiver Keelan Cole. You'll hear from wide receiver Chris Conley, all in the broadcast. And you'll hear from tight end Nick O'Leary in my Jacksonville Jaguars on the Prowl special for Friday the 13th. And you'll hear my conversation with Mike Norvell after winning the first ever AAC championship game for Memphis right before he left to go to Florida State. So you'll hear my conversation, my Q&As with Mike Norvell after the game. You'll also hear my Q&As with Antonio Gibson, the wide receiver of Memphis, Brady White, their quarterback, and their place kicker, Riley Patterson. All of those will be significant sound bites for tomorrow's show with the Memphis Tigers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, will join me to speak on all of the coaches that they've had come through the American and how tremendous they've been, including Mike Norvell. We'll also have a conversation on the bowl pairings for the American Athletic Conference, including the Cotton Bowl for Memphis going up against Penn State and everything else that is on the docket. So very much looking forward to it. Huge show for Friday the 13th. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and colleagues the show is live every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time here on facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt where you're watching and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt where you're listening. You can go back and get all these shows in audio form by searching for them on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, MixLR, YouTube, iTunes, the RSS feed, and Podbean. All you have to do is look is, is search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on any of these avenues, and you will find it. And I want to thank all of our proud partners we have in the community. Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo's Carvel DeWitt, Home Team Pub, Canine Camp Dog Daycare, and Canine Campground Dog Boarding. 
Utica Pizza Company, Honda City of Liverpool, Trapper's Pizza Pub, Mon Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, the Wildcat Sports Pub, and Dominic's Restaurant with Trivia every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 1370 Burnett Avenue, Syracuse, New York, where we had a tremendous night last night. Thank you for that. And Borio's Restaurant, where we will have a tremendous night tonight. Borio's 8891 McDonald's Parkway in Cicero, New York. Trivia every Thursday, including today, December 12th at 7 o'clock. So, Listen, watch, read, enjoy, and make sure you go to wakeupcalldt.com and check everything out at any time, 24-7-365. Make sure you go to our website, wakeupcalldt.com. So with all that being said, thank you to my viewers. Thank you to my listeners. Thank you to my supporters, my family, my friends, and to all the people that I've had the blessing of meeting and building in my network. Thank you to you for being tremendous and amazing. Thank you to God above all things, my parents, my grandparents, and thank you to Papa Joe for being a part of the show. Live life to the fullest, folks. Tomorrow's broadcast will be absolutely to the gills packed. Annoying moment of the week, ingredients to success, top dog of the week, Jaguars interviews, Memphis Tigers interviews, and a live conversation with Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic. I'll see you tomorrow, and I'll talk with you tomorrow.